0: Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Today's guest is Champaign County Board candidate Mary King. Good afternoon, Mary. Hi, how you doing? Good. Before we get into your county board desires, let's talk about your day job. You are a research archaeobotanist for the Illinois State Archaeological Survey. What do you do on a day-to-day basis?
1: So on a day-to-day basis, I spend a lot of time uh, in front of a microscope, sorting through what looks like little piles of fluff. Because it's the uh, light fraction of a system called flotation, wherein instead of screening soil from inside of an archaeological site, you send it through a water system, which then allows the carbonized material, which is material that's been burned but not entirely, to then float to the top and be skimmed off and dried. So then that way we get more complete recovery of things like food, food seeds, wood, nutshell from archaeological sites and get a better idea of what people were eating.
0: Growing up, science was interesting to you. You were STEM before it was hit and (laughs) trendy. You know, a lot of people would say archaeology is only dangerously close to science, but yes, yes, we'll we'll go for that. (laughs) All right, let's back up a little bit. You've lived here for 15 years, but where are you from originally? I'm a lifelong resident of Illinois. I was actually born at Carl,
1: funnily enough, though my parents have lived their whole lives in Kankakee County. So my mom had a hard time staying pregnant at one point and Carl had a premier obstetrics program and my mom came down here and that's where both me and my sister were born. But I grew up in Western Kankakee County in a little town called Hersher.
0: And you studied at Loyola University in Chicago. Did you stay in the city at
1: all or did you just head straight here? You know, right after graduating, I worked on a uh, site in the south suburbs of Chicago called Hoxie for the Illinois State Archaeological Program. So I was lucky enough to get a job with the state right out of college and then have continued working for them ever since. What brought you to Champaign? As Hoxie was wrapping up in 2003, I was told by the site director to contact Mary Simon, who's the head research archaeobotanist here, because she was looking for an assistant, and she decided to take me on.
0: I've known you from the political sidelines, so parades, canvassing, events. What prompted you to get off the sidelines and get into a race? I didn't really think I was going to be doing this
1: this year, but when uh, Dr. Tanisha King-Taylor decided that she had to leave to uh, pursue her career, she came to me and was like, Mary, you know, you were one of the main volunteers for my campaign. You live here in District 10, and I know you, and I know you'd be perfect for this. And it was definitely a hard decision to make because I tend to be someone who doesn't seek that kind of recognition. And I'm going to give a big shout out to everyone who's gone and campaign before because you make it look so easy to stand up in front of a bunch of people and talk about yourself. I find it easier to talk about other people than about myself. So it's definitely been an
0: interesting learning curve. Let's talk about your district. District 10 includes most of Urbana east of Race Street. Roughly give me more parameters of that district.
1: Yeah, it's east of Race. It goes south down to that piece of Urbana that's on South Philo, a little bit out into the country like Tamira, and then up north, a little bit north of Five Points and kind of over, there's like a touch of Urbana 1 and 4 precincts that are part of it, are part of District 10, but most of District 10 are the Cunningham precincts 12 through 23.
0: Let's get into a little bit more of the history. Okay, in the beginning of October, Democratic Precinct Committeemen from District 10 chose you as the next member of the Champaign County Board. October 15th, Champaign County Board Chairman chose a different candidate to fill the vacancy. So walk us through what happened when Board Chair Geraldo Rosales chose Connie Dillard Myers over you for District 10.
1: You see, it was kind of a surprise because I was not informed of this until the meeting. And It would seem from knowing people on the Democratic caucus and the fact that Geraldo then chose not to come to the caucus before that meeting nobody knew until the moment they walked into that room and the statute was sitting there on their chairs so it was really bizarre because once again this is a settled process that has been followed by every other board chair though some people will argue Pius Weibel did not but it's kind of a long story and not something we can get into here but it was odd not to be told beforehand As a candidate, and it was odd not to be told beforehand for the entire caucus to be left out of this decision, you know, that I I went through all the steps, I won the vote, I went and interviewed with Chair Rosales, he gave no indication whatsoever as to what his decision was going to be other than to tell me that he had no questions for me, which was odd. So it was
0: just incredibly bizarre. You mean no one from Kyle Patterson, Mike Ingram, no one had any idea until they opened the meeting? no, No one had any idea until they opened the meeting. Why have precinct committee people if you're not going to take their recommendation? That
1: has been something I've been asking myself and part of the reason why I decided to go through with doing this primary even after knowing that this is going to be an uphill climb and that I'm going to get a lot of pushback just for doing this.
0: Partisan fighting is not new on the county board, but within our own party, I guess I'm having trouble understanding why did Geraldo in his own party go against the recommendation? Do you have any idea of insight into that? I really don't have any idea. And the thing is, is that because I've
1: been so involved now, especially since after 2015, I was paying attention when there were two appointments in 2017 and 2018 in District 10. And in 2017, the choice was between Dr. King-Taylor and Chris Storr. And the District 10 Precinct Committee people said to them the most important thing was being an experienced Democrat. So they chose Dr. Storr. So they chose a middle-aged white man over a woman of color. And there was no hue and cry raised, nothing said about diversity that time. Then in 2018, when Robert King had to leave, and he's a young man of color... There was a choice between, once again, Dr. Storr and Cedric Stratton, who's another young man of color. And once again, the District 10 precinct committee people chose the experienced candidate. They chose Dr. Storr. No hue and cry was raised. And then when there's a choice between me, who is an under 50 white woman and a over 50 woman of color, suddenly experience doesn't matter anymore. It still mattered to the District 10 Precinct
0: Committee people, but it did not matter to the Democratic leadership. Back me up a little bit. You brought Pius into this, and from an outside observer, someone who was in the media at the time, he seemed to be able to navigate the bipartisan agenda of the county board, but has the partisan fighting gotten worse since then, or have those of us just not been exposed to it as much? As of right now, the Republicans, I think, are just sitting back and letting
1: us eat our own. They aren't really pushing too much other than to use... When they see an issue going on, when they realize there's infighting going on with the Democrats and infighting going on with the caucus, the Democratic caucus is not functioning at the moment, they just have to sit back and wait, and then they can push. And that's really what's been happening right now, is that if you attend meetings, you see them pushing on things that they know that the Democrats themselves are fighting about. And so they're kind of getting to shadow-run the
0: board. (laughs) They're shadow running the agenda just by making sure to keep the infighting going. You may or may not know the answer to this, but Jordan Humphreys is now unopposed. So there was no Republican candidate. Did they just not have somebody that stepped up or it sort of passed them by?
1: I'm guessing that they're going to slate someone. For whatever reason, John Rector decided not to run. There wasn't anybody at that time that felt like gathering petitions. And let's face it, it's a lot easier just to be chosen by a group of Republicans to run because then you don't have to go through the work of getting petitions signed or starting to campaign so early.
0: The two issues that I used to interview people about the most were the nursing home, cross that off the list, and the county jail. And I have not heard one word about the county jail or what the plan is. Why is this issue something we should be focusing on more?
1: Because as of right now, what the only quote-unquote plan there is was recommendations made by a consultant for what would be a giant 47 million dollar project to turn the satellite jail into more beds and more space for recreation, more, you know, space for a library, space for meeting with your lawyer. And there are some of these things which need to be done. But definitely not constructing more beds. We do not need more beds. The thing is is that there is reform working its way through the state house right now sponsored by Carol Ammons which would change the rules on bail for crimes that are not, you know, violent for certain misdemeanors. So instead of people who don't have enough money to raise the bail having to be held for longer and longer amounts of time before their court date, they would be able to get bailed out or not even have to pay bail. So the idea of having 200 some beds at the jail, or even 183, when you have that many beds, you got to fill them. Otherwise, they're a financial drain. So instead of focusing on things like reducing recidivism, programs, you know, making sure people who are having mental health crises are not being put into jail but are instead being given the services they need. Things like making sure that there's space for and or time for a continuing education. These are the things that going around District 10, which I've been doing now for many years, working for other people's campaigns, these are the things that District 10 residents really care about. They don't want to see more people incarcerated. They want to see people
0: getting the help they need to move on with their lives. As you knock on doors and start to talk to people, you just mentioned that people want to talk about money and finances. People want to talk about taxes, but I don't think everyone understands exactly what the role of the county board is. I mean, it's hard to know what the county board does. It's one of those bodies that
1: Unless something is going on with it, it kind of functions quietly. And basically everything that's outside of incorporated areas, so all of unincorporated Champaign County is under the jurisdiction of the county board. That is their main legislative body. And also things like the county courthouse, what used to be the county nursing home, the county jail, all these things fall under the purview of the county board. So the first thing you usually have to talk about is to tell them, no, I'm not running for school board, I'm running for county board. But I I got yelled at once for something that the Urbana School Board did while I was out collecting signatures and it took me a minute to tick over and go, oh, oh, you're mad about school board. It just took a moment where I was like, oh, you're mad about school board, oh, cool, okay. Well, I can't speak to that, I'm running for county board. When you bring up to them you're running for county board, one of the first things they ask is, are we really going to be paying $47 million for a jail? And I can tell them as of right now, there is no plan. And so one of the main reasons I'm running is because I'm scared to death that by the time this is to be voted on, that there will be a $47 million referendum on there that will not include the programs that the people of Urbana want. And that is the second thing they say, just backing it up, is that why isn't there more help for mental health? Why are we incarcerating people who are homeless? You know, People are shoplifting so they have a place to stay. In the jail. It's like, well, it's cold outside, there are winter shelters open, but you know, there's not one that's open in the summertime. So if I want to go inside for a while and have three squares, I can shoplift and go to jail.
0: People need to pay attention to the county board, and you hear a lot about school board, city council. Mm-hmm. What are other candidates for county board that we should be paying attention to? I would definitely say
1: that Emily Rodriguez, who is primarying Geraldo Rosales, is someone who definitely should be paying attention to. She is one of the smartest people I've ever met and she is very dedicated because of things that have happened in her life to making sure that people who are uh, coming to jail drug-addicted get the treatment they need. There's also Deshaun Williams, who's uh, primarying Dr. Charles Young. He is a young black family man. He is a uh, new vice president, assistant vice president at Busey, if I do remember correctly. It's definitely a vice president, though. He is another person who is very community-focused, ready to go, ready to get to work and to make sure that the county board starts functioning again. There's also Jen Strobe, who is running in District 9 and the seat that Pranjal Vashatspati had to vacate when he got a job in Boston. She works at Cunningham Township. She's a former teacher. And once again, one of these people who is so incredibly plugged into social justice. I mean, she spends all of her time right now raising her kids and making sure that, you know, people have coats to wear. There's an amazing bunch of people running primaries right now in Champaign County. And it's amazing the amount of them that are like me who are still working or raising children. And yet we're going, you know, this county board has to work. The caucus has to start working together. We have to be able to have tough discussions. And they may be, you know, really tough ones. But if we're not having those discussions, if we're just putting ego and personality above working for the county, then the argument that Democrats can't lead would have some kind of merit. And I don't want to see that. We all worked so hard in 2018 to elect people to office who reflected our values. And if we're not then doing the tough stuff then we're letting the entire Democratic electorate down.
0: What I'm hearing is that we need to get it together as our party, because if we're fractured, then we're not going to be able to go and fight for the issues that are important to what I thought was our entire party. You've talked about what's important to you in the county. What issues are more interesting to you or your hot-button issues would you say globally, that if I say that, what's the first thing that comes to mind that matters to you the most?
1: I would say access to health care, being a woman and having you know, gone in 2004 to the March for Women's Lives. I'm very plugged into reproductive justice, and all of that has to do with healthcare that everyone in this country should have access to basic health care. There's no excuse to have a country this rich and have this many people doing things like declaring bankruptcy because of medical debt. My husband had to after his divorce because of the bills they incurred, her and him and his ex-wife incurred having their son. And he had health insurance, but it was a 60-40 plan, and they still had to put X amount on credit then to pay it off. So when they got divorced, then one of them had to declare bankruptcy to then get that debt written off no one should ever have to declare bankruptcy for the birth of a child (laughs) it's a basic right it should be at least i believe it should be i mean it's this is something where
0: we are failing as a nation at taking care of each other you're a cat person you have a filthy mouth and both of those reasons i liked you instantly tell us something about yourself we don't know or that may surprise us i am really into perfume
1: I am a perfumeista. Yes, it turned out I was that strange child that asked for, would you know, you could just leave me in the department store in the perfume section because I would sit there and smell everything and talk about it and want to wear it and... Asked for perfume as like a first grader. I have been obs- obsessed with perfume and smells my whole life. And then, you know, with the advent of the internet, it turns out I wasn't just the only weirdo into it. you like a yes. dark web for perfume, I You know, there are people there, the, the uh, term was, it's perfumista, which came up with, and I, I always enjoyed frag hag <laughs> as well, it was funny, <laughs> but... But yes, there's entire communities of people that you know go out of their way to try and smell and are interested in perfume. There's an entire niche culture of perfume. So stuff that isn't even sold at department stores. There's indie producers. There's an entire world of perfume. So most people don't expect that. They get to meet me and they just don't expect that I am crazy about perfume.
0: Has someone ever gotten you one of those kits where you make your own smell?
1: I have one of those kits. Yes. I also have a kit where you can smell them each in isolation. Then, so you can. So once again, this kind of comes back to being into science. Where part of what I love about perfume is the artistry of it. They're each like a little ephemeral painting. But the other part I love is getting under the hood and being like, well, what makes it smell that way? And then what would you change to make the smell different? You know, it's it's they're like these combinations. Got it's like I said, I'm a huge nerd.
0: Before I let you go, if somebody wants to get involved, and let's say we're awkward at knocking on doors, is there going to be phone banking? Are there other events that we can support you? Of course, financially. Yeah, of course, financially. There's going to be a Young Democrats Happy Hour the 18th at 6 o'clock, so that's a
1: chance to come and meet some of us who are running. I'm sure there's going to be more events. I'm going to be asking people to come help me knock doors. And if you can't do that, if you live in District 10, you can find out by either looking at your voter card or you can get online. The uh, county clerk's website has where you can enter in your information and look up what district you're in. If you know that you want to support me or want to learn more about me, you know you can put out a yard sign. You can follow my uh, Facebook page. It's Mary King for County Board Number Four County Board on Facebook, and you can also email me at that same Mary King the Number Four County Board at gmail.com. I want to be available. That's another thing that I really feel is important as elected officials, especially in the digital age, is that we have to be not only able to talk about policy and beliefs amongst ourselves as a caucus,
0: we also have to be accountable to the people that elect us. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Mary King, good luck and thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me.